It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now... Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two of the show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Two of my great friends, my personal injury attorneys. You see their billboards all over town. You hear them on our flagship station, and you know they're my go-to. If you get in an accident, get safe, get to the side of the road, and call Sam and Ash. They will get you through the process. Two lawyers for the price of one. I want to lead this hour with the Aces winning the WNBA championship. Congratulations to Mark Davis. He bought the team. He delivered a championship. Becky Hammond's the best coach. They had all-stars. They won every category of big awards that you can win. Larry Delson, my good friend over at the Raiders with Mark Davis, big part and a big role in this organization too. Final call as the Aces win the WNBA title. Wilson comes down with a rebound. Connecticut's going to stand around. Asia's going to dribble it across half court. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship in a gritty, fashionable style. 78-71, the final score of Mercy. T.C. Martin on the call. Nice congratulations to everyone involved in the organization. A world championship in Vegas. The parade is coming up, and we'll go from there. Again, a congratulations. They put a lot of time and money and resources into that team to win, and they won. And they'll go down as one of the great WNBA teams that we've seen in league history, and Mark Davis helped put it together along with a lot of valuable people in that organization. So happy for Mark. Happy that Mark got a championship. I wish Mark could have won that championship, celebrated with his team in Connecticut and found out that his team won in Vegas, the football team, but that didn't happen. So we're talking about the aftermath, the loss, and what this means for the team going forward. Just a brutal, epic collapse for the Raiders that no one expected. 20 to nothing at the half, and everything went wrong in the second half to keep Kyler Murray around, and Kyler Murray was able to get it done. Kyler Murray was able to get it done, and Kyler Murray is an elite player. Uh, I know a lot of fans who have reached out to me that I know personally have said they have not been this dejected in a long time, and I think, and a lot of fans are telling me things will fall into place and be positive, but yesterday was the worst experience for some fans ever in a regular season game, especially in Vegas. And we had a caller point out the Ryan Fitzpatrick game and the Dolphins and the face mask penalty and that collapse there. You know, every home game, I have seats there with my wife. My son was sitting in my seat yesterday with my wife in the Twitch lounge in the 100 level. And at halftime, we came up and my wife and two of her girlfriends wanted to watch Nelly perform and they were there. And I was at the bar at Twitch talking to Kyle Turley Kyle Turley, former pro bowler, multiple pro bowler offensive lineman. And he was there with me, and he was talking about his cannabis business and trying to save football players' lives, getting them off opioids. It was a really deep conversation we were having. 
in what felt like a nightclub, right? These lounges look like nightclubs. And I got a buddy of mine, and we're talking, and no one was even paying attention to football. Not, not even a peep. It was like, oh, wow, the Raiders are up big. They're going to kill them. I, I, was, I fell victim to that, too. Didn't think of anything. You know, I'm hosting the postgame show. I watched the entire first half. So then at the midpoint of the third quarter, I get in the elevator, and I go up to the press box to, to sit behind Jason Horowitz and get there with Jason Horowitz and sit back with him and Lincoln Kennedy and watch the game, and I'm seeing the unraveling. And my buddy Harry Ruiz is in the other broadcast booth, and he's on the play-by-play, the Spanish broadcast, and I see the unraveling that's happening there. So then I grab my bag with my computer in the fourth quarter, and I go walk from the Twitch lounge side, the home side, to the away side, to where I host a post game at the Modelo Club, and I drop my bag off, and I walk right back down to that first deck, and I'm standing there with the fans, and all hell breaks loose. And I couldn't believe they even got to overtime. I thought that they were going to knock a ball down, a two-point conversion, win the game. And then they wanted to talk to me, Jason and Lincoln, on the broadcast in between that. So they went down to me in the Modelo Club, and I said, well, Derek's going to have to go out and win this game. That's all I said. And Jason Horwood said, well, he might not get the chance if they lose the coin toss. And he was right. Yeah, I thought that the Raiders would get the ball at some point, and Derek would have to win it. And then Hunter fumbled twice, and that was the end of that. Let's get out to Harry Ruiz, our good friend, the Latino voice of the silver and black. And, Harry, that's the worst loss you'll ever be play-by-play on in a regular season. I couldn't see or imagine a bigger unraveling. When were you concerned in the third quarter of that game that everything was going south? JT, thanks for having me on, man. Well, there were a couple of moments where I was worried that things weren't going to go the right way, and the first one was when the Raiders just weren't able to move the ball in first and goal from the Arizona 7-yard line. They weren't able to get even a yard of production in that set of downs, and they had to just hit a field goal. And in that moment, when they hit the field goal, I said it's still a two-possession game. All that Arizona needs is to have the ball twice, score two touchdowns, and get two-point conversions. Yes, it's worst-case scenario that they can tie it, but it can happen. And that's when I was like, okay, let's see if this offense can do something. And unfortunately, the rest of the game, they had eight plays, 14 yards, in regulation and Arizona they capitalized on it so that's when I got a little bit worried when they can only get a field goal instead of a touchdown in the seven yard line in the third quarter Harry Ruiz is our guest Harry what was the problem with the offense and being so stagnant was Derek pressured more that he couldn't go through his progressions and reads was he just not in a good rhythm there because with the problem with the NFL no matter what you do on first and second down if you don't run a good play on third down, you're off the field. And they weren't manageable downs at times. They had third and long. And what was the problem getting this team into third and short in the second half so they could run or Derek could run for some first downs? They were putting themselves in difficult positions, JT. Penalties started creeping up on them in the second half. And you can even look into what was an illegal formation by Matt Collins that put the Raiders in first and 15, and then they ended up getting getting bailed out 
by a penalty, a defensive pass interference by Arizona, but not being able to get your team in a more manageable situation on first and second down just made it way difficult for the Raiders. And they were successful in the first half in getting third and longs and converting, but in the second half they weren't just able to get that. And Arizona did a good job with adjustments and being able to close the spaces for the Raiders and very limited targets to Devontae Adams because of that. But go to what has been working for you. Matt Collins, he was a beast in the first yeah. half, and we didn't see him in the second half have, have that same production. Or even, JT, what was frustrating me was in that offensive series where they were able to get the ball for five plays after Arizona scored their second-to-last touchdown in the, in the fourth quarter, Derek Carr was getting the snap out with 15 seconds left in the play clock. And wow. right there... You're literally just hoping to get the play clock down to two seconds or one second and getting the ball out because every second is precious. And we ended up figuring it out towards the end of the game. They had 16 seconds, four downs in the in the red zone, and they needed every second that they had. And the Raiders weren't able to manage this game. Yeah, Harry, that's really good analysis. I didn't look at that a lot. I was... You know, kind of like everybody else in panic mode watching what was happening there. But that's really good analysis from you, knowing how they didn't use the clock more to their side of it and milking the clock as long as possible, knowing that one stop, one tip ball, one failed two-point conversion with the limited amount of timeouts and time would have been the difference. Exactly, and also you go back to the three and out the Raiders had after they forced the turnover on downs by the Cardinals. They had three plays. Three passes, three incompletions. They only took 24 seconds off the clock in that offensive series. So the Raiders, definitely that last quarter, it was a complete nightmare for them because they weren't able to do absolutely nothing offensively, and they need to learn how to play with the win and not to play, not to lose. they got to play to win, to just go and put the dagger in their heart, finish them off, and the Raiders weren't able to do so. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black. So what did you notice about the running game? I mean, you want to run it as much as you can when you have a lead like that, but, you know, you can't run it every play. And that's what I keep telling the fans is that I think they were committed to running the ball, but when you get stopped on first down or it's third and long, you can't run it. And if you can't convert on that one third down play, everybody's off the field again. I just wish they would have been able to run it more successfully in the second half, but the Cardinals knew they were going to run and try to use some clock. Is that fair? Yeah, that is fair. And Josh Jacobs, for whatever's worth, I think he had a good game. When they asked him to be on the field, he was able to get production. He had over 80 yards between from the line of scrimmage yesterday between running and passing. So I think he was productive. But we everything we heard coming into this season was running back by committee. And Josh Jacobs, he had 19 carries. Zamir White won. Derek Carr won. We're not seeing that versatility from the running back room. Amir Abdullah, he had his first touch as a Raider with the ball in regular season, one catch, 23 yards. But I would like to see more from this uh, diverse running back room, and we're not seeing it. We're starting to just get stagnant with the same guy, which I got nothing against Josh Jacobs. I love it when he gets touches with the ball. But if you got five running backs on your roster, I think it's moment. It's time that you start using all of them. Harry Ruiz joins us. I thought the big issue for me, and I could be wrong, and I'm, I'm going to watch the game again later today, was Divine Diablo in the middle of the field there instead of Perryman. I just saw, you know, his, his, his numbers were big on tackles because he had no choice. They were picking him apart. They were throwing it over the middle of the field. 
for seven, eight, nine yards, picking up first downs, and he was just tackling guys who were right in front of him. So it's still a problem that we have with the Raiders linebackers covering the pass. Tell me about that. Yeah, and Devine Diablo, I mean, this is a guy that he had very limited playing time last year mm-hmm. as a rookie. And when he was on the field, it was mostly special teams. And then he started playing defense towards the end of the season. And now this was this big opportunity to cover up for a guy that ended up going to the Pro Bowl last year. And he didn't do the great job that was needed by him towards the end of this game. And it's a learning experience for Divine Diablo. And it's his, big, his first uh, big-time uh, playing time as him as a starting linebacker there in the middle and hopefully he learns from this and I, that's what it's about in the NFL every opportunity win or lose it's a learning opportunity and for Divine Diablo a very young player in this Raiders team this has to become that a learning opportunity because if you don't learn then it's just a, a game that goes to waste well Harry with the game tonight Tennessee's playing at Buffalo Buffalo hasn't played since Thursday night I can't believe they're having this much time off it's Buffalo's home opener I predicted they'd win the Super Bowl this year. I think they're a great team. I don't expect to see a letdown, but Mike Vrabel is a hard-nosed coach, former player, and he's going to have his team ready to go. So if Tennessee loses this game and they get blown out or they lose and they just get beat by a better team, they're on a short week hosting the Raiders. I'll be in Nashville with the team, and I'm not rooting for injuries. I never would, but if Tennessee's a little beat up in that game and tired and the Bills put it on them, Tennessee's going to be 0-2. The Raiders are 0-2. That's a make-or-break team for two teams that a lot of people expected to make the playoffs. This is a big one coming up Sunday in Nashville. Yeah, and we both hate you saying the words must-win game. But if you're 0-2 going into this game where Tennessee didn't look spectacular in Week 1, being the team that ended up with the best record in the AFC last year, Mm -hmm. and then coming into this game, it's definitely going to be... For the Raiders, a make-or-break game. And, I mean, it's too early in the season. There's a lot of game action ahead of time. But you got games against Tennessee, who had the best record last year. Then you go against a divisional opponent in Denver at home that they haven't looked spectacular, but they were able to win yesterday. And then Kansas City, who's the creme of the crop in the conference for the last four years. It's definitely going to be a tough stretch. But if the Raiders, I think, GT, all they need is to get that first win off their shoulders and be like, all right, we can do this. We can defeat our opponents, and we can go ahead. And Tennessee, if they don't get that win tonight, which I think is going to be very tough against Buffalo, they're going to have have a huge sense of urgency that the Raiders should have it as well next Sunday. It's going to be a very, very tough game for both squads. Yeah, it's easy to say. I think we both agree. you got to get the first win. The win, that's what's so sad about this loss, Harry. The saddest part about the loss was they should have won that game easily, and it would have been a win. They would have been tied with Denver, tied with the Chargers at 1-1, one and one, and they would have had tremendous momentum. The momentum, because they should have won that game easily. You were the play-by-play guy on the Spanish broadcast. If they just didn't go through duress and lose that game at the level that they did, then I think the momentum really travels well with them to Nashville. Now they have no momentum, and they got to play a game with their back up against the wall, and I hope they react well to it. That's what the Raiders have to do right now. They have to have that chip on their shoulder be even bigger than it usually is. and be. They got everybody against them. JT, I know you read social media. I do as well. And people are starting. I, I got people from Mexico saying, it's like, when is Josh McDaniels going to get fired? I'm like, guys, it's game two of a new regime with the Raiders. Relax. Chill. Yes, it's, it wasn't a nice game. It was frustrating for a lot of people. 
but the Raiders, they still got a lot ahead of them. And like we said, this seems to be like a three-year plan where the Raiders, they're building towards the future, but they have the expectations to do well this year. I don't think the you got the expectations of winning the Super Bowl this year, but you got the opportunity to make noise to then next year be one of those teams that's the prospect to win it. Thank you, Harry. Good to see you again. I'm sure I'll talk to you this week, and we'll uh, see you pretty soon here. I know you're jumping in for me next week on Wednesday, and uh, always appreciate when you can sit in on Raider Nation Radio. Thanks for everything. Muchas gracias, JT. Harry Ruiz. Saw him out at the Black Hole tailgate. Had some of the best carne asada I ever had from my buddy Joe, who's a disabled, a disabled veteran who comes to all the home games. They moved the Black Hole tailgate closer to the stadium in the J-Lot, so that was really cool. It usually was on the corner of Russell and Polaris. Now they moved the black hole tailgate right up against the stadium in the J-Lot, uh, closest parking stalls there. So it was nice to see a better location, a good location. Every location in the J-Lot is really good. We'll get back to the phones with Raider J in the Bay Area. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. That's a nice name with that J-Lot. Uh, JT, JT, I'm disgusted. I haven't felt like this since the tuck rule. You know, that was a playoff game. You know, I'm a 50-year-old man. I call my dad every time in game day, and at halftime he said, it's over. I'm drinking my Modellos, and I'm like, don't jinx us, Pop. You know that movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in the Bronx with Robert De Niro, The Mm -hmm. Mush? I told my dad, you're going to mush us. Don't mush. So as I'm sitting home, I I see our drive. You know, we go out, whatever, five seconds in the second half, and I'm like, okay, if they score here, now I'm going to get nervous. I was nervous, bobbing my leg, hand sweating. I, I saw it coming, JT. It's not, it's not like I wasn't shocked. It's like we just don't have the personnel. I'm gonna, this is not Carr's fault. Like everyone wants to always play on Carr. That was last week. This is a whole team effort. When you're rushing three guys and you got Kyler Murray back there for I, – I couldn't even sleep last night. I was still mad about the game. I think Kyler was in my dream still running around. He was making a sandwich back there. That was just ridiculous. And, you know, there was a play there where they did the two-point conversion. It was inconclusive. It looked like he, he didn't get a clear catch. But what a, what a shoulda, coulda. We deserve to lose that game because that's how bad we play. And Renfro's not going to fumble like that every game. And, you know, I'll get off this negative side, but just check out this stat, JT. 0-2 teams since the 1970 merger, only 9.5% have made the playoffs. 400 of those teams, only 38 had made the postseason. So... I'm pretty sure Titans are losing tonight. You know, Bills is my Super Bowl team. I got Bills against Vikings, the ringless Super Bowl. But, you know, <laughs> we got to win next week. It is a must win. I said this was a must win. And to lose in that fashion, I have never been that pissed off and since the tuck roll. Never been to such a high where you're happy. You're like, we got this game to a low where you lose a game. Yeah. Well, that one tuck, we, that got stolen from us. But this one, we gave this one away, JT. And I don't know what, what's up with Graham. I, I don't know what the, you know, I know we're depleted on defense. So was the Cardinals, to be fair. They were loose, and then we knocked out Connor, the running back, and he yeah. can get hot. So it was pretty even match. It was just Kyler Murray's day. He just came up, he, he beat us, yeah. and you know what? It's on to t- Titans this week, and yeah. hopefully they're angry and they're pissed. And I, I, don't, I don't like Tannehill, and Henry's still healing. We should win the game. I had us 2-1 and one at this point. There's 15 games left, JT. Now we have to go 10 and 5. And 10 and 7 might not be good enough this year. With the Dolphins, you got the Colts 0 and 2, Bengals 0 and 2, Titans 0 and 2, Raiders 0 and 2. The AMC pitcher yeah. playoffs going to look a lot different this year, JT. So we got to work cut out for us now, brother. 10 and 5, or it's, or it's over. 
Yeah, appreciate the call. The reason why it was so difficult it was a collapse. It was a regular season early collapse. Not a loss, a devastating collapse, and that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen with this quarterback, this head coach, Devontae Adams, and some of the players that they have. It shouldn't be like this. They're not a bad team. This happens to, If this happened to the Jets or the Lions, or you go around the league to some of the teams, Seahawks are going to have a down year. It happened to the Raiders with the Raiders being hyped up and a good team with a bunch of leaders on that team. You don't expect that to happen. Everything that could go wrong went wrong in the second half of that game. That's the only way. And the reason I wasn't panicking is I thought that they couldn't come back because I didn't think they'd convert two-point conversions both times. So not only do they have to score touchdowns, they got to get the two. So you need two touchdowns, two plays in the end zone, plus two conversions and two-point plays. I didn't think they could do that. I thought the Raiders would make at least one play to stop the hemorrhaging, and they weren't able to do it, other than the big hit on fourth down where the Raiders got the ball back in overtime by Harmon. That was a great hit. And they get the ball back, and Hunter fumbles it. And Hunter's really likable, but... Hunter can't put the ball on the ground twice. He put it on the ground twice. Colt Miller recovered one. And then on that play, the fumble, they scoop and score. Ken's in San Jose listening on the Raiders mobile app. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. Man, that mm-hmm. was that was a terrible loss. And uh, what Henry Ruiz was saying, you know, a big part of that was just lack of time management on Josh McDaniel's part. Um I wouldn't put it on one thing with this game. It was everybody, but here's the thing. The one thing I did disagree on that Henry said was this team's also building for the future. This team is not building for the future. This team is built for now. Those players, most of these players on this team is not going to be here in five years, in four years. Yeah. This is, this is a win-now situation. And look, if you have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, I don't see how you're 0-2 right now. And, and here's the thing. I know people don't want to throw this all on Derek Carr, but, you know, if it, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Let me give you a stat, JT. In 127 games played, Derek Carr has thrown for 7,511 yards in his career with the lead. This ranks in the bottom 10 of all quarterbacks since 1994 who have appeared in at least 120 games as a starter. Kirk Cousins next closest with 9,778 yards. That is not a good stat. This is from uh, RaidersRamble.com. You know, and to me, when you have those kind of weapons, if you have any, you know, lead quarterback, elite quarterback in the league, and I'm not here to say Derek Carr's lead, the expectation is you got to find a guy open. Sure, your offense, you're still learning the offense, but you're a nine-year vet. I mean, you're telling me Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, it's not getting open at all in that second half, and you have a bunch of nobodies on the Arizona Cardinals defense. I couldn't even name you a DB minus Buda Baker. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. I mean, he has what he needs. We got yeah. We got to make it work. I and, agree. Uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. I got to go. I got to wrap it up. I, we're going to sit ahead. here. Everyone, everyone's called to wrap it up at some point. We get it. We get it here. Uh, Derek's got to do a better job in the second half moving the chains. Doesn't have to throw any touchdowns. Doesn't have to throw any in the second half. He played a really productive first half of football. That was his only good first half or only half of the year. Okay, there's been four halves, two games. First half, down 17-3 against the Chargers. Derek plays well in the second half. They have an opportunity to win. Then the first half of this home opener, he played very well. And then they didn't show up in the second half. That's it. 
So we know what's happened now. He's got to play two really good halves of football in Nashville. So here's what we got. We're going to play Josh McDaniel's press conference or some of it coming up on the other side. And I just confirmed Donald Penn. Donald Penn, former Pro Bowl offensive lineman, is going to join us coming up here pretty quickly at about 145. He hosted the postgame show with me. He was at the game. He was with offensive linemen at the game. He'll be really good. He was very good last night with me. And you'll hear more of Donald Penn on our radio broadcast coming up. So that's where we're at. It's the aftermath on a Monday. Brought to you by our good friends at Virgin Hotels. They got a lot happening over there. Concerts, great restaurants, the pool. Head on out to Virgin Hotels, proud partner of Raider Nation Radio. It's an eye formation. Snap. Carr steps back. Lobs the throw. Waller in the end zone. Feet down. Touchdown. He lobbed it up near sideline. Waller went up and got it on a three-yard pass. Fantastic call by Jason Horowitz. Jason's doing a hell of a job. Down in distance, making calls, and Raiders on that Waller touchdown look very dominant in the first half of that game. They Go on to lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Earlier today, head coach Josh McDaniels met the media at the team headquarters. After reviewing the film, um, you know, much like we talked about yesterday, you know, had opportunities, uh, say, in all three phases to really, um, you know, put the game away in the second half and, and uh, you know, really didn't didn't take advantage of those um, you know and I give credit again to them they they played really hard um, you know to get to grind back and get into the game and then they made the necessary plays converted a lot of fourth downs two-point conversions um, you know to be able to to put the game uh, into overtime so uh, give them credit their coaching staff did a good job their players did um, and like I said they played they made one more play than we did. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll improve. We'll uh, be able to see a lot from this tape. And obviously we're going to need to uh, need to do that as quickly as we can. When you say, you know, putting a game away, um, especially offensively, mm-hmm. what do you feel like that boils uh, down to? Is it simply execution? Is it like what combination yeah. goes into that? Uh, there's no, I wouldn't say there's one thing. Um, you know, look, when you get a lead, um, and you have a lead in the second half of a of an NFL game, um, and you're playing offense. You, you know you have to maintain the ability to be aggressive, even though the other team's gonna maybe do some things to try to get the ball back or create some negative plays or turnovers uh, to try to swing the game back in their favor. Um, you can't uh, you know can't just sit there and say let's run 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 punt and you know and you know and and do it that way. And again, doesn't mean you can't run the ball. But you certainly can't sit there and you know just hope for the game to be over. You know you got to play offense. You got to be aggressive. And and when you're doing that, and the defense is being aggressive at the same time, you know it's going to require a lot of people to execute their job well under pressure. Um, and again, I think that's that's what you know you grow to that. Uh, and when you get to that point where you can do that on a continuous basis, uh, you have the ability when you put yourself in that position to put the game away. So. Um, hopefully we'll learn from what we see today. Do you as a play caller, does it change how you call plays if you're up 20 to nothing going to the second half or, or yep. you in your own Depends head? on the time. 
depends on the score and the time. Um, you know, if there's 13 minutes to go in the the game, I don't think that's the time to just kneel on the ball. Um, you know, you, you have to keep playing, clearly. <laughs> you saw it yesterday. So, um, you know, I, I've – I've been through games where, you know, you can always look back and do something a little bit better, and there's no different with, with me for this one or any game that I've called, really. Um, you look you look at it and say, hey, could we have done something a little better here or there? The answer is mostly yes. Um, but at the end of the day, you make a call that your players know how to execute, and we got to go out there and try to do the right thing. And, you know, and we have a lot of good plays, and, uh, you know, we're going we're, we're gonna to need a few more uh, plays in key situations what we're going to need. Any loss, like you said, there might be a, a punt, a, a, just one stop on fourth down, one stop on a conversion. Does that make it so frustrating? Because you could probably look at ten things yesterday yeah. that if you do one of them, any of them, probably switch it. Any yeah. of them. Yeah. It's the NFL, you know what I mean? And and that's what makes it the greatest league in the world. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've, we've played two close games to start the season, and that's not abnormal. You know, this league is about close games. And who executes well at the end uh, usually – give themselves a better chance to win, you know. And so, um, you know, it's not surprising that those two games have been tight. You know, it was two good opponents. I'll play another one this week coming up. So they're all that way. And, um, you know, it requires you to do hard things well under pressure if you want to win in this league. And that's what we're going to focus on trying to do better. You mentioned the 13 minutes left in the game, the three and out. Um, what did you see in those, those three short passes that, that went wrong, I guess? What did you had good opportunities, um, you know, and they made a couple uh, decent plays there relative to getting their hand on a ball. We had a chance on the first play of the drive to have a, a chunk play, really, you know, and uh, I believe it was 94, got his hand on the ball uh, in the middle of the pocket. So, uh, you know, again, like I said, I, we, we figured they would they would be coming after us on that drive, and they were, you know, they were, they were uh, trying to make it as hard as they could make it and, you know, just made the decision that, Again, I have confidence in our guys, and so, you know, I want to let them keep playing. And we have to learn how to play aggressively uh, with a lead, you know. That's a mentality. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's like a boxing match. You know, you, you're ahead on points after six rounds. You can't stop throwing punches. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta keep fighting. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, when you get your team, you know, into that mindset, um, you know, that, that they can maintain their aggression – and not put themselves at risk, which that's totally doable, then they play better and you just keep the pressure on the other side. You know, you can't ever feel like, well, it's their turn to apply pressure on us and we can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? We play offense, you know, and so offensively um, we're going to dictate, you know, what personnel groupings out there and what we, what we end up choosing to do. And the defense has to respond to it. And, again, there's always little things you could say, maybe, man, I wish I would have done this better or done that, made a different call here or there. But at the end of the day, I think with that much time left, you try to be, you know, smart and aggressive at the same time. Did you feel like your team came out of the locker room with that mindset of, hey, we got to be aggressive and put this away? Or did you feel like the guy – When are you talking about at the beginning coming out, of the game? Coming out at halftime. I mean, I, I didn't look at them and think that they had, you know, like cashed it in, you know, and felt like we were ahead by so many points we couldn't lose. I did not have that feeling at all, um, you know. And, and like I said, like it wasn't like we didn't play competitively. We did, you know. We just um, – there's, a, there's, a, there's an art to learning how to finish a game the right way against an opponent who's going to apply some pressure to try to get back into it. You know what I mean? That it is what it is. You know, that's, that's going to happen in every game that you get a lead in, you know. So – 
Um, I think this will be a good film for us to watch. We've had two completely different scripts here in the first two weeks. You know, we were behind at halftime by a couple touchdowns, and now we're ahead by three, you know, and we're going to have to figure out, you know, how to learn from both of those and, and do it better the next time. Josh, you've only been here less than a year, and a lot of your roster's new, but are you surprised with a 10-win team that went to the playoff that they have to learn how to play aggressively with a lead? No, I mean, I think this is a, you know, that's something that each team, every year every team's different, you know. There's no team that's the same from one year to the next. So whether it would be me or somebody else or these guys or another team that we're talking about, each team has to to learn how to continue to play, you know, and, and do the right things over and over and over again, you know. Uh, the teams that, that, that win at the end have to go back through that process. I mean, that, that's been clear every year. So, um, you know, and the two teams that were in the, the championship game last year, you know, they're one and three right now. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. That's the nature of this league. And, you know, you can't ever – you don't ever get a pass, you know, like, hey, we'll just graduate last year's – you know, process to this year's process. You got to go back through and earn it again, you know, and starts with me. You know, I don't get any points for what I've done in the past, neither does anybody else. And we're going to have to go through these growing pains together. And that's part of the National Football League regular season. Update on Hunter Renfro? I do not have any update yet on Hunter. Josh, you guys found some success running in, in spurts in both the, the first two games, but you only, I think, you're averaging 17 rushes per game. Is there room to, to find some more carries? Yeah, you know, the, 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 I'd say the big thing for us yesterday was, you know, we found ourselves with penalties, which has been, we've kind of stayed away from that. And I thought the penalty situation yesterday, you know, we didn't do a great job of, of keeping ourselves ahead of the down and distance. We had first and 15, second and 15, first and 20, second and 17. And so it, you know, those situations themselves can become problematic relative to just being consistent, you know, in terms of runs and continuing to run the football so um I, we fully had the the right idea there to to do that and establish uh, ourselves in that regard and i thought jj ran hard yesterday thought he made some yards on his own i thought you know we gave him an opportunity to get started and um we got to do a better job of playing a cleaner game on offense you know we had some runs called back to you know a couple of big ones that were called back so um, you know, our hand placement, where we have our hands, the decisions we make. We had a couple of procedure penalties. So uh, we got to clean up our whole operation offensively and stay ahead of the down and distance, and I think the running game will come to us. Does he prepare for the Tennessee Titans? <clears throat> Excuse me, one player who may not be a household name but plays at an all-pro level is Jeffrey Simmons. Can you talk about what he brings to the table in terms of from the interior as a pass rusher but also as a two-gap space heater? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty detailed question. Uh, not sure I'm quite ready for that yet, but uh, no, you're you're exactly right. Simmons is a uh, he's a load. Uh, we played against him last year. Um, he's a he's an, a three down player for sure. Uh, does a great job of uh, being disruptive in a running game. Uh, can penetrate and create negative plays. Um, and then is a one of those guys that's an interior pass rusher that you really have to spend a lot of time talking about because uh, he can disrupt your pocket in a hurry. So. Um, one of the one of the better interior linemen in the National Football League, I'd say, no question about it. So, be a big challenge for us this week. Josh. All right, that's a portion of Josh McDaniel's press conference. There's plenty more you can find it on all social media, the Raiders on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, he had about ten more minutes to go, but we want to give you a portion of that. You know what else is fascinating? That Arizona had twelve penalties, twelve penalties for 120 yards, and the Raiders lost. 
On top of everything we talked about today, Arizona, an average defense at best, 12 penalties and all the conversions. They were three of five on fourth down conversions in that game. Three of five. And if you look at everything that happened in these games, total plays, 78 for Arizona, 61 for the Raiders. Arizona beat the Raiders 143 to 80 in rushing yards. Passing yards, 270 to 244. Total yards, all of it coming in the second half pretty much, 413 to 324. The best player in the building yesterday was Kyler Murray. I had an idea, but I didn't think Kyler Murray could come back from being down 20 to nothing the way he did. And everything he had to do, he did, and the Raiders lost the game. Donald Penn, former pro bowler, who was with me yesterday for the postgame show, will join us next. Knew, knew they weren't going to be able to tackle me. It was just about, you know, hopefully backyard football at that point, trying to find somebody. Um, you know, I told the guys in the huddle, you know, we, we got to get this. You know, we, at that point, we were down 16, I believe. Uh, if we don't get the two-point conversion, pretty much, again, it's pretty much, you know, it's tough. It's looking tough for us. It's Kyler Murray who said on the record, I knew these guys couldn't tackle me. Wow, it was a game of flag football out there in the second half. Donald Penn, the former Pro Bowl offensive lineman, was kind enough to join me on the Raiders post game. You'll be hearing Donald and seeing Donald a lot around the Raider organization. And Donald, I hope your flight was okay. That Vegas airport the day after a game could be a little rough. How was your travels? Oh, it was great. I took about 50 pictures with the fans. <laughs> uh, they were disappointed, but no, it was great. It was smooth. We got there, got there um, just in time. All right, let's get back to the game and what we covered on the post game. a tale of two halves, and you were watching the game with former teammates and former offensive linemen. You thought the offensive line held up and played pretty well in a big spot overall, right? I, I, I did, considering they're going against J.J. Watt and going against that defense line. You know, I thought they protected very well, considering they um, played last week and protected last week, especially with some injuries. We never started center, you know, in that game. I thought uh, Dylan came in and played – very well, but I saw some things that he could very much improve on, and I'm going to be calling Dylan later today to discuss that with him, because I worked Dylan out this past summer to get him ready for the team, but I was very impressed with him and that, that part of the line. That's something to build on. That's something mm-hmm. small to build on, because still, I still can't get over that game. Yeah, how did the Raiders' offense struggle so much in the second half? Did they look like they got too conservative for you, got away from Devontae? And I tip my cap to Arizona. I think they made adjustments at halftime, and their defense was a little bit more physical and ferocious in the second half of that game. Yeah, they definitely took their uh, foot off the pedal. They definitely got complacent. They weren't aggressive. They weren't play action. And no, I don't think it was any deep shots down the field. It was a lot of short passes in that second half. You know, got away from the screen game. That was working very well in the first half. It, it guys has to be a way where we're getting Devontae the ball. Either quick screen, play action. They have to get him the ball down the field. Give him a chance. He's the best receiver in the league. Give him a chance. There should have been at least two or three, four or five balls thrown to him in that second half. But, you know, Arizona did a great job of keeping the Raiders on the sideline. Because if you look at that time of possession in the second half, we didn't have – that many opportunities, but we didn't capitalize on the opportunities we did have. And Arizona did a great job of running up all that clock and setting up all that time to make that comeback. Yeah, and Donald Penzar, yes, I'm looking at the plays, the individual plays, and I've been scrolling through them all show. 
and they made plays on fourth down. They made plays on third down. They moved the chains. They worked the clock. They were rushing. They were playing with the sense of urgency. And, Donald, you've been in games like that where you sit there. I'm sure you have with Derek Carr or other quarterbacks in your career saying, man, we're here on the bench. If they could just get off the field and no knock on this Raider defense, they were gassed. They played so many plays in the second half of that game, and they just couldn't get to Kyler Murray. When you saw him running around for over 20 seconds on one play, what was the fair criticism of that pass rush? You, you can't even criticize the secondary for getting a hold call during that time because he's running around that long. It's hard to keep up with these receivers back there with them just running, the quarterback just running. you got to grab. I'm surprised it wasn't a lot more holding calls by our secondary. I thought he did a great job with getting one with as much much as he was running around all those last couple of uh, possessions, including uh, two-point conversions. But I, I saw now, and I got to make a correction, on one two-point conversion, they dropped both of our hands on the 22nd one. Mm-hmm. And they were back there. But why didn't they start rushing once they started moving around? Instead of staying back there in the zone. You have no coverage, really. You're just extra, the two DNs. But why do we drop our two best DNs, you know, in that time? I would have dropped somebody fast, quick, that could keep up with Kyler Murray, not our two best DNs. You know what I'm saying? Wrapping it up with Donald Penn. So, Donald, you had a really good analysis of what, a prediction of what they should do on Wednesday. I asked you, you know, you look at the tape today and you're just horrified by the tape. You put it behind you. You get an off day on Tuesday. And what you expect practice to look like on Wednesday. Tell our audience what you think is going to happen. Oh, if I know coach and I know football, they got called out today. A lot of people got called out. The coaching staff got called out. The players got called out. So now we're going to see how they're going to respond. So you know what coaches going to do Wednesday? It's going to be a battle Wednesday. It's going to be one of them training camp practices Wednesday. Full pads. It's going to be a full team run. You know, they might even do they might even do some of the stuff they do at the training camp where we do half line, where it's just hitting and hitting and just hitting. This is just a grind. They're going to get the most out of practice uh, tomorrow. I mean, on Wednesday. And that's what you have to do at a loss like this. You have to come in and get back to the basics. It's going to be a lot of individual. There's going to be a lot of technique stuff. They're going to get back to the basics to see what they need to do. Because, you know, it all comes back to the technique and the basics. So that's what they're going to get back to. They're going to get back to the hidden. It's going to be a tough one on Wednesday. Yeah, I really enjoy what you're saying there because this is a league where you want to protect players and you don't want them to get hurt during the week. And you know the Raiders had a couple of big injuries and Trayvon Merrick, who plays center field safety, and Denzel Perryman. I thought the key to the game was Perryman not being there. They were picking apart the middle of the field. But, you know, are we at a point because they're 0-2 that it can't be, hey, we can't be light on these guys on Wednesday. we got to have a physical practice and get our mindset ready for We're talking about Derrick Henry. This guy is... I don't know how many pounds he's squatting. You could squat a lot in your heyday, but this guy's going to run straight ahead. And the physicality of the Raiders with their tackles and linebackers better get do a good job, Donald, putting a hat on him. It takes two or three guys to take him down. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to gang tackle. I hope Perryman comes back this week. But that's another reason why team run, you know, they're going to go full. You know, sometimes during practice, they, they'll shut down team runs. They have 12 plays. They might do eight. They're going to do all four 12 plays. And coach is not going to have – He's not. Well, he's gonna be pissed. So any little mistake, they're gonna be running it over, running it over. They're probably gonna do about uh, twelve to fifteen plays in team period because he's not gonna take anything but perfection on Wednesday. And including that, they have to get ready for Henry. So I know they're gonna be banging because they they know they gotta bang that big boy. They have to bring at least two two guys each time to bring him down. We've done it before. Yeah, we have to do it this week, no doubt. Donald, thanks so much. I appreciate it, especially with your travel schedule. We'll talk to you a bunch coming up here. Thanks again. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, Donald Penn uh, joining us. Appreciate his analysis. So, 
he says the only way, and he's been a part of tough losses, is you got to come back on Wednesday and you got to be ready, ready after an off day to just kick ass and play and practice well. And hopefully the Raiders, you know, what Raider Nation needs to think about here going forward is do you believe that this team with Derek Carr, Devontae, Waller, and Renfro, and we hope Renfro's concussion or he's being evaluated for that, they didn't have an update today. Do you think that they could come back to the point where they can have games where they're going to score 40 or 34? Do you believe that? I believe that sitting here in the studio today. I don't know it to be true, but that was really the hype behind this whole team is they're going to get to a point where they're going to have to be able to score at a level to be in a shootout with Kansas City, to score in the fourth quarter, to be trailing or playing with the lead. What disappoints me so much about the loss yesterday is they had a comfortable lead. They really looked good in the first half of that game. So they lost all the good feel-good of that entire first half. No one cares about how good they looked in that first half, up 20 to nothing. Nobody. Everybody cares about the collapse and how they lost. Man, you got to get rid of that bad taste. That is a real awful taste that you got to get rid of. And the only way they can do that is with an explosive win. If they won that game comfortably like they should have, would have, could have, should have radio here for a moment, then everything's positive, positive momentum, and a home victory. And all Raider fans could say, hey, we're going to beat Denver at home, and we're going to win all the home games this year at Allegiant Stadium. We're going to win them. We can beat all these teams that are on the home schedule, the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. We thought Trey Lance is gone. We can beat all the teams at home. So let's win seven out of eight at home and figure out what the rest of the schedule is going to look like. Not the case now. They lost a home game that was in the Ziploc bag. It was over. And you can't do that. It just can't happen. And it happened. And a lot of fans paid a lot of money to be at that game, a lot of money, and they're really disappointed today. Q was there at the press conference. He asked good questions. He'll have a great radio show. As always, I'm done. I'll be back on tonight, 6 to 9 p.m., Sirius XM 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. But in about an hour, I'm heading out to Resorts World for Monday Night Football. Come join me. Have a beverage with me. Talk about the loss and watch Monday Night Football. Good place if you want to place a bet. Have great food, drink specials. Again, it's Doghouse Saloon right off the free elevators at the free parking there at Resorts World. Come on in, place a bet, watch the game, have a beverage, sit down. You can find me, maybe win a couple of great prizes. Doghouse Saloon, our proud partner at Resorts World. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. Cue on deck.